0: Herzlich Willkommen bei unserer Podcast-Reihe Banking – Heads in the Cloud, dem Banking on Cloud Community Podcast von Praktikern für Praktiker. In dieser Podcast-Reihe sprechen wir mit ausgewählten Gästen aus dem Banken- und IT-Sektor über ihre persönlichen Cloud-Erfahrungen und Zukunftsperspektiven. Gemeinsam blicken wir auf die spezifischen Schritte auf dem Weg in die Cloud, die Chancen und Potenziale, aber auch die Hürden und Schwierigkeiten dabei und werfen zu guter Letzt einen Blick in die Zukunft der Banking-Cloud. Die heutige Episode wird in englischer Sprache präsentiert. In dieser spricht Oliver Schwarz mit drei Vertretern der European Cloud User Coalition. Thorsten Seemann, Dirk Thomas und Andreas Wiedegren. Oliver ist Partner bei Deloitte Consulting und leitet das Offering Cloud Transformation Financial Services in Deutschland. Die ECOC ist ein Zusammenschluss europäischer Finanzinstitute mit dem Ziel, die europäischen Regulatorik- und Datenschutzstandards mit der Nutzung von Public Cloud-Lösungen zu vereinbaren. Hören wir nun in das Gespräch. A very warm welcome from my side to our banking podcast, Heads in the Cloud. It's a great pleasure to have
1: with us today three representatives of the last year newly founded European Cloud User Coalition. Welcome Thorsten Seemann, Thomas Dirk and Andreas Wiedekren. The European Cloud User Coalition, in short ECUC, Is a coalition of European financial institutions with the aim to drive cloud adoption in the banking industry. Again, a warm welcome to Thorsten, Thomas and Andreas. Thank you for being with us today. I would like to start with you, Thorsten, with a question regarding the ECUC perspective. What do you think are the most critical data privacy concerns with cloud computing?
2: Thank you, Oliver. We indeed start uh, with one of the most relevant topics when adopting cloud computing in financial institutions and beyond. So, in general, we ask the cloud service providers to provide personal data protection in accordance with the European General Data Protection Regulations, GDPR. So, that stands forever. (laughs) Data protection in public cloud environments is required to comply with the relevant law. And we need to make sure that. First of all, the data that we process and store in public clouds is within the EU or the European economic area. So the GDPR is applicable for both, and the Mm -hmm. financial institutes um, as the data controllers, which are the cloud customers to be precise, as well as the cloud service providers, have the right means. They have agreed to the right standard contractual clauses. So that goes into... Some legal and technical and contractual pieces. And the major area of concern is that the CSPs should really provide cloud services that facilitate that data sovereignty in the EEA. But as of today, not all cloud services provide that capability. Some are global, some are local. So you need to know what cloud services are truly global services. And then you need to be careful how often and what criticality the data that you're going to shift towards outside the EEA really is.
1: That's an interesting statement, Thorsten. But I mean, ultimately, uh, the objective of your coalition is to drive cloud adoption in the banking industry. So, my question do you really think that the cloud service provider do everything to, to enable it from a technical and also from a contractual standpoint?
2: Yes, they do, but there are things that need to be addressed in more detail. I mean, in fact, the CSPs have no choice than to deliver all measures which are required by GDPR themselves and to provide the technology to enable the customers to be GDPR compliant. So when Financial Institute enters into a contract with a CSP, which is headquartered outside the EEA, the so-called TREMS 2 ruling comes into play. And the European Court of Justice has declared that the applied standard contractual clauses ensure GDPR compliance. This is a so-called tool of transfer, but this is one side of the metal. However, the CSPs should, beyond that contractual obligations, provide sufficient technical and organizational measures uh, to enable effective GDPR compliance. So what could that be? There is one example, state-of-the-art encryption addressed applicable for all cloud services. So that should be ensured in all cloud services that customers potentially use that this state-of-the-art encryption is available. But all, as well as encryption in transit, that means when you move data from A to B, especially when you move uh, data from the EEA outside the EEA into a third country, such as the United States, So that is something, if you apply encryption, then potential data leakage is useless because encrypted data cannot be easily decrypted without having to pretend the relevant technology and the keys. There may be more examples to display, but I think encryption is really, really key.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's for sure that uh, we see all the hyperscalers are doing a lot and investing a lot on the technical side and also on the contractual side. But uh, still do you have some, or should I say, concerns that maybe a hyperscale provider personnel is accessing customer data without notifying the bank as they would like to
2: be? Yeah, good question. The answer is twofold. In the event that a cloud service provider access our data to support personal need to request that access. So that is a functionality that some cloud service providers have, some do not yet have, and that needs to be requested. However, in any case, the financial institutes need to be able to, in all cases, monitor potential accesses from any party outside the FI itself, and the CSPs therefore they really must provide details to track and trace and protocol each activity. And that maybe go beyond the trailing activities provided by the cloud service provider. So that is not an easy thing to be really fully aware of everything what happens in the cloud. And you need to be really technically expert to go into the detail with your cloud provider. In essence, there must be no backdoor for the CSP where potentially support personnel or third-party personnel that work for the CSP can potentially or in fact, access personal data. So the backdoor question is something that we keep discussing with the CSPs. Wherever there, there's no bad intention from any party, I must clearly state that. You know, it, it's about a rest of uncertainty of who can in fact access our data, wherever it is.
1: Okay, so I understand it's a German line. I would say.
2: Something like
1: that, yes. Which leads ultimately to the policymakers, right? Uh, More than ever, uh, we all know in in the times of crisis, everybody is asking the policy to help. And I think Europe and the US are closer than ever, or should be closer than ever, maybe. And there's maybe a question to you with regards to those policymakers. Do you think it's important Do they understand uh, the need to have cloud technology and how can, say, help to enable this?
3: Thank you so much, Oliver. I think that they do understand. And I think that uh, a great part of the dialogues and discussions which are ongoing, both uh, bilaterally between us and CSPs or with uh, different policymakers, are dialogues of trying to communicate and educate, especially. I think that if we go back to what Thorsten was discussing concerning And that there are many, many complex areas concerning uh, cloud adoption. And a lot of them are related to different uh, legislations and policies that are set both by European policymakers, but also by global non-European policymakers. And trying to adapt our policies on a European level to policies on a global level will always be difficult, especially if we're looking at the institutions that are currently providing The cloud services in Europe are mainly in non-European institutions. So our goal is not to be the ones who go and and complain to the CSPs or to the policymakers saying that things don't work. On the contrary, our goal is to ensure that we can discuss the challenges that we meet in our cloud journey to ensure that we, at the end of the day, actually can use the technology, not only in a compliant way, but in a way which is Uh, Beneficial for everyone involved, i.e., the CSPs, they get a customer. The policymakers are satisfied that we can provide and and, uh, that we can use and apply cloud technologies in a good way, which in turn will release a lot of processor power and storage power in a way that uh, we currently don't have, and hopefully also increase things like resilience and, and cybersecurity. But at the end of the day, we're not doing this primarily. For all those reasons, we're doing this to ensure that uh, we can have a modern business model that provides really good services and financial products to our end customers. So we really need to keep these doors open and have this dialogue, especially as cloud is quite a new technology and we are facing sort of new problems as cloud is applied over time. And to ensure that those problems don't become sort of a full stop for cloud adoption on a European level. These dialogues and discussions need to be kept. Do you have the feelings
1: that those politicians are listening to you? Do they even understand the needs? I mean, they have a lot to do, obviously, in those days. And often we say, okay, politicians don't understand technology at all. Do they really listen?
3: Definitely. And I think that from our perspective, we don't really consider ourselves to be lobbyists when we have contact with policymakers. On the contrary, we see ourselves much more as teachers trying to teach them of how the technologies work and, and show them the possibilities. We don't have any ambition of trying to tell fairy tales in any way. We believe in these technologies and we believe that we really need to apply them. But to be able to do that, I would say 95% of the task is educating policymakers and the people that are working for them to ensure that they have an understanding and can take decisions on concrete arguments and concrete knowledge. What is the most important topic?
1: Is it really the next, let's say, uh, new safe harbor? Or what is your most important need to address to the politicians?
3: Well, we've seen that President Biden has taken that type of approach and communicated that some sort of new privacy shield or safe harbor uh, will sort of arise, and we're waiting for the Europeans' uh, response to this. But being maybe one of the few that defends Max Schrems, I would say that we, we don't need to have the exemptions from legislation. We need to have legislation that in turn is adapted to the needs that we have. So we need to find a way to live in a symbiosis with the American service providers or, well, non-European service providers on European terms. And I think that's one of the major things that has come out of the disqualification of the privacy shield, that a lot of us, not only the financial institutions, but especially the CSPs have gone back to the drawing board and, and have started to look at how can we improve these services, not only with the technologies that have been developed over the past five years, but also a changing environment where the requirements have changed fundamentally. And I think that if you would compare cloud today with the cloud services from five years ago, a lot has changed and you can't compare them. So even if we would get a new safe harbor or a new privacy shield, we already are starting to see at least not only the embryos of tools to mitigate the challenges that are sort of exempt in, in a privacy shield, but we are actually seeing the technological solutions to those problems. And I think that's much, much more important.
1: I understand, yeah. And sometimes it could be so simple if you talk to everybody, the customer, the banks, to everyone, they say, make things simpler, uh, more easy. But sometimes it's the opposite the case, unfortunately. So what would be your ultimate wish to the politicians, Andreas?
3: I think there it's a bit difficult to sort of give a straightforward silver bullet answer. I think that what we need and what we require is, first of all, a good dialogue and discussion on a high geopolitical level. And secondly, to have institutions and actors like ours who assist in sort of educational process of enlightening the politicians and decision makers on the possibilities of cloud. So I would say what we need and what we to a certain extent also have is open ears and understanding of that it is a complex question, but uh, that there might be certain simple ways of resolving these complex problems. And I think that that dialogue is there and we're trying to find a solution. But in processes like this, things take time. So we also need to have a lot of patience uh, and patience in this turn will be the catalyst for success. Combined with dialogue, I've never found anything else to be as a good mix for a successful outcome as patience and communication. And I think we will reach our targets and our objectives with that. And as we said before, it's having cloud solutions on European terms that will be achievable within the near future of
1: that's a strong statement, and I really hope that maybe someone from Brussels is listening to our podcast and <laughs> gets the message right, Andreas. You are sending from your group. Thanks. So it's a really interesting playfield. Here is a political playfield. Maybe if we shift to your foundation and the objectives what you try to achieve. I mean, I highlighted in the beginning of our podcast, but maybe a question to you, dear. What is really the things you want to try, the things you want to achieve with the European Cloud User Coalition?
4: Thank you, Oliver. Our main topic is effectiveness. We already have 25 members and they experience the same problems, the same issues, the same challenges we need to overcome. And on a bilateral basis, everybody over months and years finds solutions for that issues on a bilateral basis. They are individually audited and inspected. So that's a huge challenge for the individual bank. And we are actually doing the same and ending up with the same solutions. We have the same contractual clauses. We have the same security settings as Thorsten described. And uh, we are telling yeah. the same things to the auditor. That's not effective. So the idea was let's say, observing these common problems, these common challenges, to make a joint effort talking to CSP, policymakers, and working for, let's say, an open standard in a way, out-of-the-shelf solutions, which is also for cloud service providers, let's say, an economical approach. If they understand that a significant part of the European financial industry would be happy with this solution, then it makes sense to offer it exactly in that way, to take it out of the shelf and not all the time to guess what they probably would like to have. That makes it effective. And that's our main objective. Besides talking to CSPs, and um, here Andreas mentioned it, it's also important to be aligned with all major, let's say, European authorities, policymakers, and projects. So that's very important that we are not going the way thinking in silos. We would like to be aligned. And interestingly, last week, ECB became a member of Gaia-X, a public member. So they feel that that and there's one similarity between Gaia-X and us, they are also looking for, let's say, an ecosystem on, on the basis of common standards. That's what we share. And ECB is openly, let's say, looking for the same thing, which is interesting, as an auditor.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know for sure the central banks also the ECB as a, let's say, customer at Deloitte. And I have the impression probably they are a big fan of cloud, of public cloud service and want to drive it um, as well. But uh, obviously, as you said, uh, Dirk, they are interesting times, let's say. And maybe you can highlight a little bit about the experiences you had over the last, I think, two years now since you founded the whole initiative? I mean, at, at, at this point of time, you're about 14 banks, right? European banks? Europe's banks. No, bank. But, uh, we're already 25. Oh, I think when you founded it, it was 14, right? It was, yeah,
4: it, was, it was 13, 14, as we had our foundation last year. So that's one part of the coalition and a major objective also to grow. The more banks and more financial institutions we, let's say, represent, the more relevant is this idea of that open standard. It's not that we are working in contrast or that we have a lot of demands to, towards Cloud flow. It's more about collaboration and to have that specific out-of-the-shelf offers. That's very important. I couldn't believe at the beginning that we over our past would really speak in the name of the members to cloud service providers. I had my doubts whether that will happen. But interestingly, it was possible. It was not all the time easy to make that understandable because they are also very big organizations with a lot of different opinions. But to be honest, convincing arguments finally were heard. And so they. I feel that we achieved already a lot in understanding what the financial industry wants. For, we are working not for all of our members, so for everybody, it's, it's an open standard. That they are more willing and more easily giving the transparency we want, giving us the contractual clauses we want to have, setting up the services that they are completely, let's say, as far as possible in Europe. So, there we achieved, in my observation, a lot. I'm, to be honest, I, I think I'm fairly happy with this approach and with, with this result.
1: I guess that sounds uh, very good, end Mainly touching another. I think a pretty important topic is also about exit. Yeah, the old question, what happens if, I don't know, one cloud service provider went bankrupt? Yeah, will the whole bank landscape worldwide crashes? What is your observation about this hot topic, exit plans, and how can you make the services portable? Yeah, moving from one cloud service provider to another or moving back even to the own data centers of the banks, et cetera, et cetera. Is this a topic you're discussing as well?
4: I mean, exit, in our opinion, it's one of the major impacts to the business case of going to a public cloud. Because in the interpretation, I mean, sometimes in the interpretation of the banks itself and the auditors, there's a second infrastructure required, which is, to a certain extent, unrealistic. We cannot build up people for multi-cloud strategy. We have it. But to be honest, it's not possible that way. And we need to overcome that notion that cloud services are the same as on-premise infrastructure. It's not the same. The resilience and availability is not a problem. Certainly not a problem. We have not observed here that we have any problems in, in availability and resilience. So, vendor login is certainly a topic, but we need to solve this with, let's say, realistic view thinking about what is the probability of such an impact, and we can certainly mitigate these topics with contractual agreements. So I say that currently the interpretation of exit is overdone, is too expensive, and must reflect the specifics of cloud computing, and that is currently not the case, which is a major, major roadblock to expand public cloud operation. It's a major roadblock.
1: Yeah, very interesting discussion, and it reminds me a dialogue I once had with a, a CEO of a global bank, who said nobody ever asked me how can I exit my mainframe, yeah, and transfer to some, <laughs> someone other. Maybe as you said, yeah, it's so, so much related to the cloud or the cloud services. But you said we have to have a let's say mature discussion about it and what it is realistic and not. So. Um, thanks for those insights. I already asked Andreas about his big wish, and Christmas is closed, so I would also get the opportunity, Dirk and Thorsten. What is your big wish? Maybe I can ask Dirk first. If you have one uh, wish with regards to cloud, for sure, what would it be?
4: My biggest wish would be that cloud service providers, especially the hyperscalers, are regarded as being systemic and audited for the financial industry centrally by ECB. That would be my biggest wish, and not audited along a bilateral contractual relationship. And I think the Bank of England uh, already made some move in that direction. It's not clear how they want to do it, but that would be my biggest wish. Awesome.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Dirk. And, And
4: Thorsten, on your
2: side, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I have three wishes. I need to take one out, which is prominent. (laughs) I'm thinking of uh, technology that helps us to maintain our data protection stance. Uh, I'm thinking about a service that uh, prevents uh, customers from accidentally moving data outside the European economic area. Uh, We phrased feature requests to the cloud service providers that we contracted with, by the way, to make that happen at some point in time in general. My wish is that cloud service providers listen really carefully to their customers, especially in the financial industry, about the requests that they have, the concerns. In fact, they can make a lot of money out of it in realizing the requests, providing features and functions in addition to what they already have. So not everything is really, really useful for advice. And some things and some items could or even should be added to the existing technology, so Christmas is close. Uh, are we pushing ourselves and the CSPs towards getting closer to the realization? There's room left to improve, and uh, we follow up that
1: closely. Okay, thanks. That was a really a great final statement. Let's say, and um, was a pleasure to have you here, the European Cloud User Coalition, and the three representatives. Dirk, Andreas, and (laughs) Katzen. Thank you, Oliver. Yeah, Looking forward to to see you pretty soon and maybe we can have some update in in a certain time, in a certain period, what's going on on your level. Thanks, it was a pleasure.
4: Thank you. Thank you you very much.